It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Cincinnati Bengals may be introducing new helmets. We talk about our preferences and more in today's Locked On Bengals mailbag. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who subscribe, who follow. We're almost to 10,000 YouTube subscribers, I believe. Let's get over that hump. Training camp right around the corner. It's going to happen. Let's make it happen. And we appreciate all of you who make us your first listen. Now, as we record this episode, James, on Wednesday, July 13th, the biggest news on Bengals Twitter is a report from Northern Kentucky. The Chamber of Commerce had a meeting, and in that meeting it was revealed apparently that the Bengals will be revealing to the world an -hmm. alternate helmet. This comes in the wake of the Houston Texans revealing an alternate helmet recently as well. And so speculation ran amok. We did not have the announcement as of the time of this recording. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, the helmets are out there. We know what they are. We've seen maybe another alternate uniform as well. We might get that as well. Who knows? But you might know by the time you listen to this episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. But James, a lot of people had questions about the helmets. They did. And shout out to everybody that chimed into the mailbag and we'll get to some specific ones. But, you know, multiple people asking what our preferences were and are. And regardless, to me, this is very, very simple. You kind of laid the ground floor. I think back to I believe it was 2016. Carlos Dunlap, Tyler Boyd, and I'm missing someone, maybe Geno Atkins. I forget who the third one was, but it was the the. Uh, color rush uniforms were unveiled with the white tigers at the Cincinnati zoo. And that, and maybe it was 2017, regardless, that was the groundwork to the color rush uniforms led to last year's unveiling of the uniforms. And they try to keep some of that with the white edition. And then, well, it would only make sense to have uh, the white tiger striped helmets. And and that's where this should go. Look, I I don't want to be disrespectful to, you know, the 60s and the seven, you know, the late 60s, the early 70s, or, you know, some people want the the 90s throwbacks and all that stuff. Look, the thing that this team needs, this city needs from a uniform standpoint, it's the White Tigers. It makes so much sense. And when you see, you know, our guy Seth Reese put together edits with the white helmet and black stripes with the Bengals unis that they have now, that those white on white, it's nasty. And so that's the one that I prefer uh, that doesn't mean that I don't like the ones that say Bengals on the side. That doesn't mean they couldn't get creative and go, you know, you've seen the ones that get autographed, the the orange stripes and the black uh, base. I get it. I understand it. 
It ain't like the white tiger, man. You got to go with the white tiger. So Elizabeth Blackburn, I, I hope, uh, and I know it wasn't just her that made this decision, but I, I hope you went uh, with the white tiger. You're around my age, so you remember Power Rangers. All right, the white tiger's Zord. It should be living at Paul Brown Stadium. Tommy should be jumping into that bad boy, and uh, it should be white tigers all day long. I think she's a little bit younger than both of us, right? She's 29. 20? She's 29. Yeah, she's right, really? in, right in that okay. age. Yeah. I thought she was 27. Uh, I might be I, she might She might be younger. I don't know. But I'm going to say I, she's my age. I, I agree with the white tiger helmets, although the the throwback Bengals helmets, like modernized, a modernized version of that does look pretty cool, which I've seen uh, Dalton Signature, who has occasionally submitted questions to this very mailbag in the past he put together. Uh, that that also looks good in a modernized version. I like the the white and black with the orange accents, though. I know people are all about like the white and black and just straight white and black, no mm -hmm. orange involved at all. But if they use the current white jerseys, there is some orange on the current white jerseys. And the the Bengals across the chest is orange. The the outline of the number is orange. The Nike swoosh is orange. And so the, the orange accents with the white and black, I think, looks pretty cool. Although the, the original just all white and black, the, the, the color rush back when those were revealed was, was pretty cool too. But I mean, this is an easy decision for the Bengals, right? Mm -hmm. Fans, I feel like, have been asking overwhelmingly for this helmet, this alternate helmet for years. They have. And it... It was an NFL rule, obviously, and they changed the rule, and now you can have the alternate. And it's just a no-brainer. Just like new uniforms were a no-brainer, it, it was something that, especially when the on-field product wasn't as good, that you're just kind of like, okay, well, you know, they need new uniforms, but it's not as big of a deal. Well, now, hell, people are going to be watching. You want to look good. So, uh, and I, I think they would look the best with, with the White Tiger. So we'll see what happens. By the way, as far as the, the Power Rangers go, I'm a big Green Ranger guy, not necessarily White Ranger guy. And I know it's the same character. Just throwing that out there. In case anyone was wondering, there are Jane's favorite Power Rangers. Well, Power Ranger, I guess, specifically, the, yeah. the green one. Let's get into the rest of the mailbag questions here. James will take one more here at the start of the show. Who day Dre would like to know, which would be a better indicator of a successful year of football in 2022? The offense dominating training camp, the defense dominating training camp, or the compromise. Good and bad days for both with no clear winner on an overall basis for the entire camp. My man, Andre Edwards. Shout out to you, Andre. Um, to me, you already know my answer. I hope Joe Burrow throws for 572 touchdowns in training camp. I hope he doesn't throw uh, an incompletion. I hope I'm talking about him. Oh, man, they went seven on seven. He was 15 of 15, and they marched up and down the field, and th that's what it is. Because, honestly, when they're playing 11 on 11, you can't hit the quarterback, but you can tell when the offensive line fails – and if the offensive line doesn't fail, then, you know, there, there's a lot of times where the offense should win and they should be put in position to win. So that's kind of my hope. Now, I get a, a lot of people would say, oh, you want it to be 50-50 and all of those things. But, you know, a lot of these one-on-ones and things like that, uh, you know, the offense has the advantage anyway. So you want to see the offense win, and I would lean towards the offense. That being said, am I going to freak out if the defense is winning? No. 
But I'll tell you this, I don't want to be talking about how, man, that would be a sack. That would have been a sack. I, I don't want to have that. And I've, I've dealt with way too many Bengals training camps where that has happened. So as long as we're not having that conversation and Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow, I think the offense is going to win its fair share, but the defense probably hold its own as well. I'm excited to see the Joseph Osai-Lel Collins matchup that mm-hmm. we should see quite a bit of in training camp. Trey Hendrickson, Jonah Williams again going at it in training camp. Some strength on strength, we hope. Matchups for the Bengals. And we have a question about sacks too. Sam Hubbard's going to still be out there doing his thing. But to answer this question, I would say that it's, it's not necessarily a 50-50 thing that I think would be the best you know, omen, the best indicator of success coming. I think I would be looking for more success from the offense because like you said, James, so much of training camp does benefit the offense, is set up for the offense to have success. But I'd like to see, you know, 20, 30% of the time the defense has a better day where, you know, some of these pass rushers are getting after Joe Burrow. And I know I want the offensive line to be better, but we still need to see that this team can get after the passer too. And if it's strength on strength, like we saw last year, for example, with Cheeto and Jamar Chase, then that could be a good omen as well. The other thing will be continuing to look at those matchups at cornerback and wide receiver, the Cam Taylor-Britt, ex- uh, not experiment, but but pushing for, for playing time with Eli Apple, getting those matchups with Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins in camp. That'll be fun to watch. And so I, I would like to see Lou Anarumo and his guys get a little spicy at times and, and occasionally throw off Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, but the kind of bottom line and differentiator deciding factor, I guess, would be that I I think the offense is what needs to carry you further. Defense, much more high variance, much more dependent on external factors. So that being the case, you would rather see the offense be, in my opinion, more consistent, even if you are also rooting for the defense to be good. The offense is just more within the team's control. So that's why I see it that way. James, we've got more questions to get to, including what about surprise cuts in camp and going back to Sam Hubbard still being around, who's going to be the second highest sacker for the Bengals this year. We'll go to those couple questions coming up next. It doesn't matter if you're Sam Hubbard, Jake Lisko, Andre Edwards, or anybody else here that listens to locked on Bengals. You need to get built bar in your life. The number one protein bar on the planet, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you and yeah look we know how great they are but if you haven't had the coconut brownie chunk built bar one you're missing out because it's shake let's favorite two they just relief released the puffs edition which is a protein infused marshmallow covered in 100 chocolate high in protein low in sugar this is the candy bar or the chocolate bar the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. See, I treat it. I eat them like candy one or two a day, but the thing is it's healthy for you. It's going to get you the protein you need post-workout. It's going to make up for those hunger cravings in between meetings. So check them out right now, built.com and use promo code lock 15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, before we dive back into the mailbag, this isn't exactly breaking news, but it is an update on the Jesse Bates situation. Kelsey Conway tweeting about 40 seconds ago as we are recording this episode in the middle of your ad read that the situation between Jesse Bates and the Bengals remains at a standstill, according to a source familiar with the situation and her reporting. Nothing has changed. A long-term deal is not expected to be in place by the deadline on Friday at 4 p.m. So not necessarily breaking news there. This has kind of been what we expected for a while, but Damn. does put a I, bit of a I should have told I should have tweeted. Water. I should have tweeted um, that. So any, you gave me a shout out. On any hopes. Well, I mean, she, she I assume, just talked kidding. to somebody who updated her on the situation. So just giving giving credit where it's due as it popped onto the timeline as we recorded. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Jesse Bates thing after I'm the kidding. deadline has passed. And we know for sure that a deal won't be reached. But a bit of a, bit of a cold, cold bucket of water on any last-minute hopes from Kelsey Conway's reporting there. So that's too bad. But our and next she's question. Right, by the way. 100% right. So yeah, yeah, I mean, as we've been discussing for the past, I don't know, couple months now, right? Yep. Let's go to our next question here from Bert Sivan at Bert Sivan Sivan on Twitter. Do you think that there will be any surprise cuts in camp? And if so, who is the most likely cut candidate, James? Well, the first one is got to be Kevin Huber. Like, I think he's on the list of potential surprise cut candidates. Um, Clark Harris could be on that list. I think it's less likely. And both of those guys are more likely than not to make the team. But if you're looking at surprise cuts, it's got to start there because they're in a, uh, they're competing for one spot against one other guy. And, and so that's the part of it where uh, I think that they could certainly be in danger um, depending on how, you know, things go with uh uh, Cal Adamitis, and then obviously um, Drew Christman. So we'll, we'll see there. That being said, other potential cut candidates, it it's kind of crazy. There there aren't many to me, right? There aren't many that like would be surprising. Like you kind of know, for the most part, the, the meat and potatoes of this roster, who's going to make it and who's going to be on the outside looking in, battling for that last spot. Like you have a defensive end spot up for grabs. You, you know, have a couple of spots on the defensive line. The offensive line room is going to be interesting. Wide receivers, if they don't add anyone, is it really that in? Like Kwame Lasseter could make the team. That could be a surprise add, which would make Trent Taylor a, a potential cut candidate or someone in that range. But he was on the practice squad last year. Like how, how surprising is that, right? And so I don't think there are many like surprising cut candidates that I think are, are realistic that, that you'd point to. And maybe you have someone else, but it's a weird year where at least as of now, I don't think there are many guys on the bubble that would really surprise our audience or surprise us if they didn't make it. The, the one technicality here is a cut during training camp would have to be relatively early in the cut down cycle because the cut dates are sure. August 16th, August 23, and August 30th. So a technicality, but five players to 85 from 90 on August 16th, which is toward the end of training camp already. When we talked about the training camp dates, we talked about how if you want to see 
guys that may be fighting for their roster spot in their last few practices before that cutdown date. There's only, I think, one practice, one practice before and after the 16th of August, from what I recall. And and then after that, there's nothing open to the public. So it depends on your definition of training camp, I guess. But um, that that I does think he means preseason. Yeah, just just surprising cut candidates in general. Mm-hmm. I would say that the ones that would surprise me a little bit would be guys like Trey Hill, if you know Ben Brown beats out Trey Hill for a spot on the interior offensive line or one of the other college free agent offensive linemen. Because you usually see a college free agent make make teams like the Bengals generally have a college free agent stick around. So that could be one, a guy that Mm -hmm. I've talked about. And I think a lot of this depends on what's going on with Jesse Bates, I guess, to some degree, but Brandon Wilson, who is getting paid a fairly solid chunk of money to be a returner for the most part, that one would be a surprising one that I, I wouldn't rule out entirely. And another one that would be surprising for me would, would be a guy like Tyler Shelvin, who you know, we've talked about big season for him, but fourth round pick last year. And mm-hmm. so giving up on a fourth round pick that quickly would be surprising. And then, and you, you mentioned defensive end, Khaled Kareem, I don't think is in significant danger, but between Khaled Kareem, Cam Sample, Wyatt Hubert, and Jeff Gunter, Jeff Gunter being the seventh round pick and, and the least likely, I think, to make the team, there could be a surprise there. And, and there could be some others that were, we're missing, but those are the ones that really stand out to me. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like there's a, t- like if yeah. White Hubert loses to Jeff Gunter, well, is that really that big of a surprise? You know, like they're both yeah. seventh round picks and Hubert was out last year. So it honestly, it's a testament to their depth more than anything where it's not like, oh, well there's, you know, Leon Hall, 34 year old Leon Hall could be a cut candidate or Brandon Tate or you know, insert whoever that we've talked about over the past decade plus. Next question comes from Mike R. Martis. Mike Martis asking, who has more sacks this year? Joseph Osai, Sam Hubbard, Jeffrey Gunter, or B.J. Hill? Yeah, this one's an interesting little question, isn't it? Sam Hubbard, a guy that has <laughs> had consistently high sack productivity throughout his career as a Cincinnati Bengal outside of one year. And has been the beneficiary, certainly, I think, of playing on the same line as some other very talented players. And again, does benefit a little bit, I think, from the the havoc that Trey Hendrickson creates. Joseph Osai, really excited all Bengals fans in the preseason last year. But that's all we've seen from him. And there's, I think, a question as to how much he gets on the field, how much of a role he has, and how much he really unseats Sam Hubbard for, for, for opportunities, for snaps. Jeff Gunter is a very interesting inclusion on this list. I, I have a hard time making an argument there. I'd be curious to hear Mike's reasoning because we just talked about Gunter as a guy who's going to have to fight to make the team. So maybe just more bullish on Gunter than than most. And and BJ Hill being the only three tech, the only real three tech that we can count on right now anyway, that we know anything about that isn't a rookie, could, could make things spicy, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm inclined to go Sam Hubbard here as much as I would like it to be Joseph Osai having like a 10 sack season and being a premier pass rusher the way, you know, um, Carl Lawson looked early in his career, getting after the passer in, in a big way, but with a little bit more productivity, I would like it to be Joseph Osai. That would be exciting. That would tell you something about the future and what you have in Osai. But 
I think that more likely is Sam Hubbard. Yeah, you're right. 100% right. I mean, guy who's never played in the NFL before in a regular season game versus a guy in Sam Hubbard who earned a contract extension and has been productive and was productive last year. Uh, that being said, you know, if it if it is Sam Hubbard, you know, that that's expected. But if, if it's Joseph Osai, that could be a good thing if Hubbard still has the sack numbers we're used to him seeing. Like if Hubbard has eight sacks – you know, Sai still leads this list. Like, that's awesome. Like, the Bengals' defense must be amazing, assuming Trey Hendrickson is what we saw last year. Um, so that would be, like, the, the perfect best-case scenario, but I think the most likely would be Sam Hubbard. If I had to rank them, I'd go Hubbard, Osai, Hill, Gunter. It's close because you're right with the three-tech idea. I could totally see Hill ending up with, he had, what, five and a half last year? You could see him having seven, right? And, and are we sure Joseph Osai is going to have seven sacks? I mean, he's good against the run, and I think he's going to get some heat on imposing uh, quarterbacks. But seven sacks isn't nothing to, to scoff at. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I think that was that would be it with Gunter uh, coming in last, which obviously he's a seventh round pick. Now, if he leads this list, that would be wild. That's like the Twilight Zone. Cue the Forest Whitaker Twilight Zone type music, and uh, we will be back with more mailbag questions. But first, I have to tell you about Bet Online, your number one source for all things sports betting and whether you want to wager on the Bengals to win it all this year not just the AFC North but win it all you can do that you can wager on Joe Burrow to be league MVP or maybe you just think Jamar Chase is going to win offensive player of the year you can do all of that and so much more at bet online they have all the latest odds and props for NBA Major League Baseball UFC boxing NFL of course and anything and everything in between don't delay. I've used them. You should to bet online where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I like to always drop in some of the more entertaining questions that we get in our mailbag right around this time of the show, right around the start of our final segment. So Aaron J at Aaron LJ underscore 13. Wants to know who would win a game of Madden between the two of us. Do you play Madden? When's the last time you played Madden, James? Hmm, it's been a little while. It's probably the longest in my life outside of like, you know, the first eight years or whatever it was when I first picked up the sticks uh, in Madden, like on on Sega Genesis. I think that's the first time I played it. Um, It's been a while, though, you know, three to four years, I would say, maybe a little less. I'm decent. You know, I'm decent. I used to be really good growing up and I just haven't played as much, but. You know, I'd be confident in it like I would any other competition. Um, but I, I'm not like as confident as I would be if it was like me and you racing, of course. So right. it's one of those one of those things. What about you? When's the last time you played? Because you play games, but I don't really recall you talking about Madden much. Yeah, I played a couple of years ago and was immediately disenchanted with Madden. And the the way the gameplay has gone, like it's all microtransactions now and and like just 
falls a little short of what I want a football simulator to be. I want it to be like an accurate football simulator, right? And that's just yeah. not what it is. And I get that it's really hard to do. It's just not what it is. But I, I did play a couple years ago for a few months. Um, the The thing about Madden is like, as I understand it, there's just a handful of plays that just work. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's this like, meta game of like you use these offensive plays you use these defensive plays and there's i don't know that doesn't even just doesn't sound very fun to me uh Mm -hmm. but i I do notice that your normal braggadocious confidence is not there that is a that is an understated confidence coming from james rapine which gives me the confidence to say that i I think i got you on this one see now i'm gonna push back yeah there you go because i I, I was trying to be i was trying to be (laughs) humble And, and you want to sit there and say after a couple of years of not playing, I'm looking at an Xbox, right? I'm looking at the Xbox series. If we play X on Xbox, that is an edge for you, for sure. If we play oh, on PlayStation, you, that helps me a little bit. I, well, I, the Xbox is sitting. I haven't even started playing it yet. Um, PlayStation is what I kind of grew up with. Me too. So I, I, would, yeah. I, I, would, I would say the PlayStation's the edge. It's just current gen. I have the Xbox. But uh, okay. All right. See, I'm no Joe Mixon, so I don't brag about my Madden skills but uh who knows maybe we could launch a, a madden tournament one day maybe next off season we'll have a locked on Bengals madden something or something or other that would be fun i feel like people are going to jump on this idea in you yeah. are even that good <laughs> no we we would not win i don't think unless there was some serious practice put in because some of our listeners i'm sure are like competitive madden players i know in fact one who's helped us with some draft work in the past tracy mcbrady is his uh Twitter name, he was like competitive at Madden. Tracy like, McGrady. Mc, McGrady? I thought his name was Brad. No, his it's McBrady because his name is Brad. Yeah, you're confusing me. <laughs> With the basketball player, which yeah, he it's gets. It's a basketball player reference, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. He, he played competitively and was like the Bengals representative in some tournament or something. Oh, yeah. Like the Cincinnati, I mean, like he, I have he no shot good. against that. Yeah, like yeah. that's – that's what I'm saying. Like, so that's why I was just kind of like tentative, but like, <laughs> you know, what really sucks. Side note, complain about Joe Burrow. I think it would be really fun if Burrow loved Madden. He doesn't, he's not, he's not a big Madden guy. It would be really fun if like Burrow and Mixon had the same yeah. competitive vibe and, and like Cheeto and, and Burrow have with chess. Yeah. Chad, Chad loves like he's FIFA. I know, but I think he plays a little bit of Madden at least. Yeah, but imagine being Joe Burrow and like putting all the time he puts into football, and then being like, you know what? I'm going to play a video game that's about my job. <laughs> I know a lot of football players do because it's a unique job, but like it's I'm going to play a, I'm going to play a video game about making a podcast. Like we would never. Well, honestly, though, I get it. Like I think that's part of why. I haven't played much Madden recently. If you're covering the league and you're breathing the league and that's kind of what you do, I mean, I'm all around football all the time anyway. I mean, that's, you know, so it's like, eh. but I'm not against it. I'm not against the idea, but you know, the, the best NFL game of all time, a lot of people are going to say NFL 2K5 with T.O. Yeah. on it with the Eagles, which is a really good one. And good it, during its time it was, but my favorite one is NFL Blitz. I loved 2000 or original NFL Blitz? E- either of I used to rent them yeah. on the N64. Uh, I had NFL Blitz 2001 on the N64, but I would rent 2000. And before that, it would, I would do the original. Um, I love them. And I want the arcade version. Mm. One day I will own the arcade version. 
That is not today, though. We can throw down on some NFL blitz. That yeah. That's one that I think you and I could have. Some fun fun. My, my friends up here have stopped playing NFL blitz with me. They said it's not fun to play against me. So <laughs> You're uh, that good. Oh, God. <laughs> You're better than me, then. That's the feedback I've gotten from my friends up here. But it's Canada, right? Like, they don't have the same football <laughs> acumen as Americans. Sorry, Canadian listeners. You're I'm getting myself get in into trouble. <laughs> oh my We're having gosh. fun. We're having fun here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Let's sneak in one more football question, James, from Pup Joe at Pup Joe 3 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's the least likely, most to least likely to happen? So rank these. Oh. Yep. Joe Burrow throws 45 touchdowns. Evan McPherson leads the league in field goal percentage. Jamar Chase goes over 1,500 yards. Trey Hendrickson reaches... Uh, 20 sacks and Jesse Bates has five interceptions over five or more. No, over five interceptions for the year. Uh, all right. Most likely Jamar Chase goes over 1500 yards would have done it last year. If they really needed to win that week 18 game, I know he's going to get double teamed a lot this year, but I still think he's just, I think he's the one that the targets are going to go up this year and you know, the yards per catch, the 18 yards per catch that might drop some, but the reception should go up from 81 uh, a bit higher. So I'll start there. Burrow, a close second with the 45 touchdowns. I think that's kind of a realistic – I mean, he threw 34 last year, and the offense a lot of times was not there. Now, could you say, oh, well, Mixon's going to you know, snipe some of those? Maybe, but he had a bunch of touchdowns last year, had 13 rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, so that would be second. To me, McPherson leading the league in field goal percentage would be third. Fourth would be Trey Hendrickson, 20 sacks in fifth. Jesse Bates has never gotten close to six interceptions in a season, right? His best year was three. And so for me to expect him to make that jump, I I think that that's just the least likely. Not saying it can't happen. I think he's got that type of talent, but uh, I'm going to need to see it. So all are possible. I'd say maybe two of them could, you know, realistically happen, but that's the order I'd put them in. Yeah, I think the by far most – most doable is Jamar Chase over 1500 because he was really close to that last year and he was 21 and he should be better and this offense should be better and Joe Burrow should be better so all of these things should be better one obstacle to that is you know if he doesn't need to play week 17 again which is also Mm -hmm. an obstacle to Joe Burrow throwing 45 touchdowns and I mean I think the rest of these are lofty lofty expectations Burrow could get to 45 for sure. That would be a that would be a pretty great year for him. I don't think it's super likely. I, I would give it like twenty percent at best. What's well, I, I mean, that's a lot of touchdowns. That's I mean, that would shatter he said the Bengals record last year. He would shatter it by a significant margin, you know, ten percent. A little over. Yeah, so more that, than ten percent. That I think is is going to be tough. I mean, even just looking back to last year, right? Tom Brady threw forty three touchdowns that led the NFL. That the second like, was right, Matthew Stafford like at forty one. So, I mean, not very many quarterbacks even got close to that number. McPherson leading the league in field goal percentage is probably for me over Joe Burrow throwing forty five touchdowns. Wow. I, I right. don't think either of these are particularly likely, but this one's just a percentage. So he doesn't need like the the counting stats, right? It's just a rate stat. So if if he is the Justin Tucker of the future that we hope he is, maybe he improves his consistency from 40 to 49. But the thing is, like he's probably gonna have a lot of opportunities 
for the mid-court shot at halftime, to, to mm-hmm. use a basketball reference that you may or may not care for. Um, and, and that could drive the number down a little bit. Hendrickson to 20 sacks would be wild. I think I have Bates at five interceptions over that. But again, these are all lofty goals. So Pup Joe has his head in the clouds a little bit here, I think, with some ambitious goals for the 2022 Cincinnati Bengals with Jamar Chase's 1,500 yards, I think, being the most attainable of this list. If that happens, Burrow could win MVP. Chase could be Offensive Player of the Year. And Trey Hendrickson could be Defensive Player of the Year. Like, realistically. Like, all three of those awards could be Bengals awards if those numbers are out there. If, If all three of those things happened... Yep. And Chase had the you know the touchdowns and whatever to go with it, assuming that Cooper Cup doesn't have seven thousand yards and five thousand targets again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of hope he know. does. I traded for him this offseason oh, yeah. in the Dynasty League, so I kind of want Cooper Cup to do well. Is that bad to say? It's regular season; they're not playing against them. Not even the same conference. I don't think that's bad to say. It's fantasy purposes. Come it depends on. Depends on, I guess, who owns who. For fantasy football purposes, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're back next week with some training camp previews. We'll have your updates, of course, on the Jesse Bates situation on Sunday evening for Monday. We're not expecting a deal done there, of course. If you need more football content, go check out Locked On NFL. Go check out the top 50 players. That is going to be a cool little series that we're going to be running here on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. So go check those out. And until next time, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.